Hey, Gareth, uh, Ross Braun's here to do the voiceover. Oh, great. Um, send him through to the studio, Zog. All right. Uh, yeah, this way, Ross. Sit in this chair here, huh? Yeah, right there. Oh, thank you very much. Do you want me to speak into this microphone? Yeah, yeah just, just pull the chair up. Uh, yeah. What do you want me to say? Just say, this is Ross Braun, and you're listening to Gareth Jones on speed. Just, this is Ross Braun, you're listening to Gareth Jones on speed. Yeah, that's oh. it. We might just do it once or twice, but just... Uh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. When you are. Whenever, yeah. okay. whenever you're ready. Uh, this is Ross Braun, you're listening to Gareth Jones on speed. Uh, we didn't quite get levels on that. Could you just uh, lean into the mic a little more? Uh, certainly. Well, you're really close to the microphone. Yeah, a bit closer. Zog, this doesn't seem to be working for some reason. No, it's not sounding good. Um, Ross, it, it sounds like you've gone off mic. No, we'll still be friends, even though he's retired from Formula One. And he's always going to be better than Ralph, anyway. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth Jones. I'm Zog. Zog, welcome back. How was your holiday in the 1950s? It was pretty good. I, I, I like the suits. Uh, yeah, and, you look good uh, in a suit. I love the smell of petrol in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Now, but um, on to more modern things. A small matter of a, a little race in Japan this last week or so. That was pretty entertaining, wasn't it? it was that? It was brilliant! Ha 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 I was out of my chair. That was um, extraordinary. I mean... Uh, You'd have to say that it, you know it doesn't set up the most exciting end of the season because it's uh, it's an almost foregone conclusion that uh, Alonso's going to win it now. But uh, but what a race! I'm not quite there with you though. You see, I mean, I, I, I I'm hedging my bets. You see, I want Alonso to win the world championship. Yeah, as do I. Yeah, but I I kind of think that Schumacher is going to do it, even in the position that he's in now. I think somehow or another, right. Um, Schumacher will score 10 points in the final race of the season in Brazil. Okay. Uh, and Massa somehow will accidentally drive into the side of Alonso and it will be no. an absolute racing incident and Schumacher will walk away with the world championship. It's conceivable. So do you think someone's kind of writing this script? Do you think somebody's, you know, pulling strings in the background? Or do you think, or, or do you think that's, just the, that's just the way it's going to pan out? Bernie Eccleston, right? You know, he's got this fantastic motorhome parked alongside all the driver's motorhomes yeah. in, in the paddock there, right? It's got quite a lot of aerials sticking up, right? One aerial, I reckon, is transmitting on a frequency that every single car in the pit lane receives, right? And he's got a kind of self-destruct button. And he's pressed the destruct button for Renault before now, right? and I reckon he pressed it for Ferrari at the last race as well. I, mm. I, you know... Well, you know, if, if anyone's got a little doom switch for components on certain cars, it's, it's going to be Bernie, no I, question. I'm not suggesting that Bernie Eccleston actually did this. What I am suggesting is that Bernie Eccleston actually did this. I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah. <laughs> so there we are. That's a prediction for the next race. Uh, Michael to win uh, and Massa to take out Fernando. Now, talking about um, winning, right, when, when Schumacher wins a race, right, when he gets onto the podium, what does he do, Zog? Uh, he does... He does the jump. He does his little Schumacher leap. Yeah, and, and he does. He just got a lot of arm punching and kind of. You know, it's a big macho. I won the race. It's it's great, right? When Alonso wins, what does Alonso do? He just goes weird. I don't know. He does a different weird thing every time. He was kind of sort of crane style kung fu this time. Yeah, as far as I can make yeah. out, I don't know what he's doing. He's dancing. Uh... He's dancing. And do you know why he's dancing? Uh, tell me. He's Spanish. Uh, I think you're going to, have to elaborate a little bit here. Okay, right, okay. Spaniards are famous for their dancing, aren't they? Flamenco. Yeah, yeah. 
all that, right? The, yeah, the stamping heels. Yeah. The, yeah, you watch yeah, his yeah. moves. He did this fantastic move across Park Ferme, right? He came sort of waltzing forward. I'll stand up for this one, right? Waltzing forward. And he did this sort of shuffle. He kind of went right that way. Yeah, he was kind of sort of dancing yeah, sideways yeah. and sort of he, he, he yes, he's, he's yeah, jigging about, moving sideways, forwards, backwards. It's it's a mark of the man's character how different Alonso and Schumacher are. Schumacher wins; it's a macho achievement. Alonso wins; it's worthy of a dance. This is Sniff Petrol. The headlines at the Paris show. Citroen admits that chevron-shaped sandwiches were a mistake. Oh, my palate, I'm bleeding. Suspicions grow that Carlos Ghosn is never seen in the same room as Mr Bean. Okay, Monsieur Ghosn, have the projected figures for third quarter 2008. I think we should do a car that looks like a yellow mini. Why do you have a turkey on your head? Hmm. And TVR's new factory isn't quite what everyone expected. Yes, it is here, just next to my bed. And here in the wardrobe is the engine shop. Nikolai, wash your hands, your dinner is ready. Oh God, my mum is on my case. Okay, mum, I'm coming. God, this is so unfair. She said I could stay up and watch John Craven's news round. Chinese cars are coming. The Paris show was crawling with them, so Sniff Petrol went in for a closer look. Okay, we're starting on the stand of the Bronze Wind Motor Company, and they're showing off their new small car. It's uh, called the Strong Fortune Pongle. How can I describe it? Um, well, it's basically a copy of the Citroen AX. Right, we're, we're now here at the Eastern River Motor Industry Stand, and this is their star of the show. It's a 4x4 called the Luckjoy Splendor Tiger. They say it'll be on sale in Europe next year, and you'll recognise it because uh, it looks sort of like a 4x4 version of the Citroen AX. Moving on now, uh, we've arrived at the Strong Mountain Automotive Industry Stand, and they're here to show off a brand new pickup called the Golden PP Silent Elephant Happy. Despite achieving a world-first minus score in the Euro NCAP crash tests, this will be on sale in Europe by March and is sure to attract people who've always wanted a sort of pickup version of the Citroen AX. And finally, uh, I'm at the stand of another Chinese company who wants to sell cars in Europe. It's Nanjing Automotive, and they're presenting a car called an MG. <laughs> That's never going to work. Gareth Jones on speed. Lovely. Now here on Gareth Jones on speed, you know we we love cars. Do you do you love cars? I mean, do you? Do I you, love yeah, cars. I I lo- I really love cars. Some cars I love too much, you know. Then you know you can you can get awfully attached to them. The old Beetle that uh, our family had years ago. I was I, I, I cried when that car was left. You know, it's yeah. uh, been the same ever since. But some cars, I hate. I, w- I wish I didn't hate them. I wish I just disliked them. You know, I- I'm a hippieish well, kind of guy. You don't like the negative emotions. You no. Want, you want positive vibes. Yeah. yeah. But some cars deserve very negative emotions. No question. Things we love to hate! 
Suzuki are cool. They've made some cracking cars. Way back in the 1970s, they made a lovely little thing called the Suzuki SC100, known as the Whiz Kid, a sort of shrink-wrapped Porsche 911. Suzuki have been amazingly successful to the point that wherever you go in the world, you'll probably find a Suzuki Samurai making its way along roads, some of which just haven't been finished yet. The Suzuki Carry carries literally the entire Asian rag trade in the back. And the Suzuki Cappuccino was about as much fun as you're allowed to have in a car under 700ccs. The new Suzuki Swift is practically a Japanese interpretation of the Mini Cooper. And how cool is that? But back in the 90s, Suzuki reached their lowest ebb. The Suzuki X90. A car that was simply hateful. A car so ridiculous it made the Vitara look attractive. It was a car which should never have got beyond the sarky drenched doodle on the back of an envelope. This car was a two-door 4x4 that would have been too cutesy for even Barbie to drive. It rolled more than a gambling addict and it was only bought by absolute idiots and Danny Minogue. A car as pointless and irritating as Timmy Mallet. And that's why I love to hate the Suzuki X90. Yuck. Now that I've got that off my chest, so I feel much better. It's almost like confession, in a way. I could tell you needed it. And and I know you're a passionate man, too. Well, yeah, and the thing that's got me really worked up at the moment is the Dodge Caliber. Oh. Things we love to hate. It's not so much the car itself, although I'm not wild about that. I can see that they're trying to combine the appeal of, you know, a 4x4 and a, a sensible city car, a family run around. I don't really like 4x4, so that's not really going to be my market. But, uh, but you know, I, I can kind of see what they're doing there. It's the advertising that's got me. We've reached a new low here. No sooner did we get rid of those bloody pit wall chickens, which was guaranteed to put you off whatever insurance company it was that they were pushing, we've got the Dodge Caliber adverts. Now, there's the online advert and a couple of press ads, and where do I start? The online ad, the, the, whole, the point of it, the punchline, you know, the funny bit, the clever bit, the bit that's sort of selling you the car, is a dog hanging its ass out of the window of the car. The two press ads, in one of them, you know, the Dodge Caliber is sitting outside the headmaster's office because it's been a bit naughty, you know, it's stolen somebody's dinner money or it's been giving, giving the other kids wedgies in the playground. And in the other ad, the Caliber is, is photocopying its arse. So we've got a bit of a, a sort of a bit of an arse-related theme going on here. Are they trying to sell this car to 11-year-old children, to rugby club guys on a piss-up? I'm, I'm really insulted that whoever has come up with this campaign thinks that I'm even in the same species as somebody who see that and think, yeah, that's the car for me. That's what I relate to, the Dodge Caliber. I'm never going to find out how good or bad this car is because the advertising is plumbing such depths of stupidity. It just beggars belief. And that's why I love to hate the Dodge Caliber. Richard... I don't, don't suppose you at Sniff Petrol hate any cars, really? That's not your uh, no, sort of thing, no, is it? No, I love everything. Oh, wait, I just thought of something. Yeah, what? Well, you see, um, Gilles Villeneuve, uh, he was a legend 
He was a true racer, a man of commitment and sheer bravery who gave all he'd got all of the time. His fearless, wheel-banging style in the car was tempered by a quiet decency and honesty out of it. Anyone who cares even a jot for motorsport would acknowledge in a heartbeat that Gilles Villeneuve was one of the greatest F1 drivers of all time. His son, on the other hand, is not. Jacques Villeneuve is nothing more than a badly dressed whiner and a blot on the glorious name so boldly established by his father. Just look at the stupidly quaffed clot in his baggy overalls, like a Nomexed version of some sullen, new metal-obsessed mid-pubescent. Isn't he simply the worst thing ever to come out of French Canada? And Jesus, he's competing with Celine Dion on that score. And don't tell me that he must be good just because he won a world championship. He had the best car by a mile, and it still took him until the end of the season to wrap things up. And when they were together at Williams, he was getting outrun by Damon Hill. Damon Hill! Great bloke and all that, but even he would admit he's not the most natural driver in the world. But he was clearly better than Jacques, as indeed most drivers are. Even Taku Inui would look at him and say, God, mate, get your finger out. He's a stupid-looking, stupid-voiced, stupidly whining waste of good genes. And that is why I love to hate Jacques Villeneuve. Things I love to hate! Meanwhile, at Jaguar. Gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining us here at the Jaguar factory. Uh, now, I'd just like to reassure you that uh, we at Ford uh, are not selling this company. Do you always have new scatter cushions on the production line? Um, yes, we do. Why have you repainted the kitchen? Uh, because we, we thought it would be uh, more, more homely. Do you always leave fresh flowers in the quality control area? Uh, uh, why not? Why does the whole place smell of fresh coffee? Uh, oh look, someone's buying it next time! Yeah. Never! Yoink! Just time for some late news. Rumours continue that Michael Schumacher isn't quite as calm as we first thought about his championship chances. So, Michael, you seem very relaxed about the close of the season. Yes, I, I believe everything has, has a purpose, for sure. It's unfortunate that we had an engine failure in Japan, but everyone has worked very hard. It's very much like a, a, a family, as a Ferrari team. There have been very many happy times here. I, I like to reflect on this. I, I don't want to start the race wishing for another car to fail. No, really, it's fine. Thanks, Michael. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Spanish child dumps, stupid Italian engines, stupid grinning Alonso. Aston Martin reveals the cash rich buyer who has surprisingly bought the company. Yeah, this is P Diddy Tech, controller the A to the M to the V to the A. I'm gonna put the rap into Rappy. And what are your plans for Aston Martin? From uh, now on, it's gonna be called A Marty. Out. And after the IOSIS, Ford reveals its follow-up concept car. And uh, here it is. Alright, mate, yeah, fucking smart top one. Seen that Damon Albarn, I'm fucking smacking top one smart. It's called the Ford Oasis. Fucking, you fucking southern blur, I fucking hate him, 
Last episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, we did a bit, bit of a music special. Did, did we love those tunes, boys? Well, good tunes. <laughs> well, we made them, so it's up to <laughs> of course we love them. Of course we love them. Love them like like children. Uh, and the the plan was of the nine tracks that we made available in the last show. Um, if you choose, you guys, the listeners, your subscribers all over the world, you choose the one track that you loved or dislike less than the others, we would make it uh, available as a free, yes, free ringtone, which you can download and use on your telephone. Now, those nine tracks were, number one, MC Max, Maxi Mosley Priests, ban them all. Well, the GPMA forgot to say, please, saw me hit them hard with an engine freeze. Track two, uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, the ballad of Juan Pablo Montoya. Well, let me tell you a story about Formula One. I used to crash a lot when I worked for Ron. Track three, Jean Tots on the pit wall. I will win championships with Britain and make the greatest champion of all. Flavio Briatore's Do You Like? Hey, you like Formula One? You like Gucci shoes? Track 5, uh, David Coutard with uh, Ryman MCDC. My face is square and my wallet is full. Wanna drive for Ferrari but I'm stuck with Red Bull. Track 6, Big Audi Dynamite. I'm in love with the ACO. There's a race in France in which you've got to go over and for 24 hours, that's long, you know. The Circuit de la Sarthe and exactly slow on the Molsan straight, you can get a toe. Track 7. Ralph Schumacher, natural born racer. I'm a natural born racer. I'm not as talented as my brother. Shimmy on the dance floor, looking fine. The three year contract should be mine. Track 8, Jensen Button, definitely. One in Hungary, that was weird. You could have been even faster if you'd lost that beard. Yes, you kept it on the island when the track was wet. Now, for heaven's sake, Button, go and buy a Gillette. Definitely. And track 9, Flav. So just choose which track you like best, track 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 or 9 and pop it in an email to onspeed at garethjones.tv and we'll make your phone as cool as this little podcast. That's it for this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed. Uh, I was Gareth Jones. I was Zog. I was Richard Porter. Uh, Next month I'm going to be... Gaston Matsukane, the only racing driver ever to have the name Dog Killer. Zog, who are you going to be? Uh, next month, I think I'm going to be tired and emotional. <laughs> Richard? Uh, next month, I'm going to be every newspaper columnist who used Richard Hammond's accidents as an excuse to call for the banning of Top Gear 
but in future I'm going to learn to keep my stupid mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) We'll play out on the national anthem of the Netherlands uh, for two reasons, to celebrate the first race in A1's uh, new season, which was at Zandvoort, and also to wish Spiker good luck as we welcome a cool Dutch team to Formula One. Yes, go Spiker. I'll show everyone say, tot ziens! Tot ziens! Smoking a pancake. Gareth Jones op snelheid was een polyglot productie.